0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. With your featured host, Sean McCain. A forensics counselor, psychic, writer, artist modern-day Christian mystic, and UFO experiencer. Char introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as Staff Pick. And now, for your
0: host, Char McCain.
1: And now, where the paranormal meets the sacred and all topics in between. Live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Shaw McCain, on Blog Talk Radio, and I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and Sacred Radio Show. My show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow me on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. The calling number tonight is 619-924-9744. And the Paranormal and the Sacred airs on Children Friday nights and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then you have to roll it back for other parts of the world. But anyway, uh, during this show, I can take your calling questions at 619-924-9744 and speak with our special guest tonight. But I just want to remind you, no crank calls and all that, because I have a copy of your phone number, and I'll call you right back. So be polite and stay nice. Anyway, I have just a couple announcements before I call our guest speaker tonight in. And um, I want to let you know some very ex- extremely great uh, 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 announcement is Yvonne Smith, my mentor of many years, and uh, she's a... Uh, a licensed hypnotherapist that helps the contactees and abductees from UFOs and other post-traumatic disorders and things like that, and uh, she has received a lifetime award at the International UFO Conference. It just happened, uh, I think that was last weekend, and uh, we are we want to wish her wish her every awesome uh, congratulations. She sure deserved it and long time coming. It's uh, wonderful, Yvonne Smith. Congratulations. And Yvonne Smith is the director for the Close Encounters Research Organization International. We call it Ciro. And you may call over there if you feel that you have, uh, need help in any area. And also they have uh, free support group meetings. And uh, the direct line over there is And you can uh, email Yvonne at Yvonne, Y-V-O-N-N-E, for PTSD at gmail.com. And you can uh, make appointments with her, and we want to congratulate her again, our Lifetime Achievement Award, for her work with abductees. She's an awesome person. And now another awesome person, my friend Marilyn Salas, whose husband is the illustrious Captain Robert Salas, who was on the uh, Montana Missile Range thing when the nukes came in. He was manning the nukes when the, the UFOs came in. Anyway, that was the first story that triggered my mind that maybe UFOs are real. Anyway, his wife is is a healer, and she's out. They're both out in Ohi, and I want to give you her address, um, Marilyn M A R L Y N Salus. Marilyn A Salus is her Gmail, M A R I L Y N N A S A L A S. I hope I got that right. At gmail dot com, and her post address is. If you want to post, send her a postcard and get in contact with a P.O. box. 1075 Ojai, California 93024. They have a website. It's www.lovesblessing.com. And she has not only works at a healing center, and she's a very wonderful person to speak with if you need any help of any spiritual kind, and you want to go here in Ojai. Um, and also, she sells these essential oils that are so wonderful. And they're called Love a Blessing. And I think they have like 28 essential oils and. They also have crystals and all that, and uh, very healing and a great way to bless yourself before you hear out the door every morning, and um, give them a call over there, and I do wish everybody had birthdays the last few days, a uh, very happy birthday, and there was a lot of them. I think there was, like, yesterday, 15 birthdays on my Facebook, and I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, happy birthday to y'all, and love you, and uh, keep up the good work, and stay alive. Um Okay, tonight we have a very special guest, and uh, he has a very interesting life and background, and we welcome Jeff Woolwine, and he's a resident of Phoenix, Arizona, living near the South Mountain. Since the spring of 2004, Jeff has experienced many UFO sightings and has has videotaped most of his experiences. Jeff is not alone in his experiences in the Phoenix metropolitan area. And we has and which has experienced a true flap of UFO sightings again in 2004, but they've had many. And my uh, friends have also seen a bunch of stuff out there, and just lots of people. It's, a, it's um, especially that big triangle and stuff that my best friend described. Anyway, Jeff has, interv- has been interviewed on Phoenix Channel 3 News regarding his sightings and videos. And Jeff, like many other experiences, has recently an in- interview has an obsessed in the healthy sense of the word with observing his uh, a recording of the sightings of UFOs. He's a man on a mission and uh, he's in Phoenix area, I think. Anyway, I'm going to call this guy in so we can hear it straight from his mouth because he's also a discoverer of very interesting petroglyphs that will uh, interest a lot of our people because all of us seem to be into all this. So I'm going to call him in right now and so um, we'll have like a a moment where I'm calling, and I don't want to do this wrong. So, so I've actually put the wrong phone number and couldn't get it out of there before. So I'm going to be very careful as I do this. Here we go. You dial. And we should be able to hear it.
0: Uh-oh. Hello? Hi, is this Jeff? Yes, it is. Hi,
1: Jeff. This is Charlene with the Paranormal and Sacred. How are you tonight?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: Very good. You know, we're live right now, and uh, we uh, are very interested in what you have to say. I did your uh, intro, and... Uh,
0: oh, okay, Jeff, Cool.
1: Yay! So what I'd like to uh, ask you for the start, because we we, uh, we did your intro, and I want to ask you that uh, where did this all start? Like uh, in your childhood, did you have any kind of inkling that anything was going
0: on like this? Wow. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I guess we'll start it off with, um, you know, I didn't uh, find UFOs, uh, UFOs, uh, found me. I just simply started watching back. Um, I, uh, I guess it, it all started off with, like, of course everybody knows about the, the famous 1997 Phoenix flights. And, um, which I had missed at that time, but I knew about it. I was aware about something that was in our, our Valley Skies here in Phoenix, Arizona. And, um, but at that point in time in my life, you know, I really wasn't interested in UFOs. I hadn't really seen a UFO at that time. And, um, so, you know, I just was, just played it off like everybody else said, that, that, oh, well, it's just strange lights, could be flares, could be, who knows, who knows what it could have been, you know. And, uh, so I witnessed my, my very first sighting, um, you know, Ever since, ever since the 1997 Phoenix flight, like, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of doing research on on UFOs and 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 paranormal things like that, and um, I believe it, uh, it was in 1999. I believe it was 2000, somewhere around in there. Um, I heard I was I was outside of my friend's backyard in the heart of Phoenix, Arizona, and I heard a sheriff's helicopter coming my way. That's weird because it's a sheriff's helicopter, not a police helicopter. Normally, we we see these police helicopters flying around, but this one was a sheriff's helicopter. And so he was headed my headed in my direction, and I looked up and a little bit higher than than the helicopter, and lo and behold, I saw this long tubular looking. To me, it looked like a cigarette, a cigarette or a cigar. Uh, it had no wings on it, um, no tail. Uh, nothing to propel this thing through the air, and the sheriff helicopter would seem to escort this thing around uh, the valley. It was really weird, and when it turned south towards South Mountain, it went from a long, city, long uh, tube uh, to like a little white dot. And so that just kind of blew me away. And ever since then, you know, I started, you know, look monitoring the skies more. And uh, the more I did, the more I started seeing just strange things that were just out of the ordinary. And uh, so it made me go into more investigations on on UFOs. And you know, I, I went um, I went through the Roswell theory, and I went through other theories on UFOs, and it just didn't, from what I was seeing, it just didn't seem to add up. It, 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 it To me, are you sure, it could have been a craft. I don't know yet. I'm still looking at it. You know, I'm still studying it. Well, as years go on, and I'm, I'm starting to see more of them, uh, I just noticed it didn't, didn't matter where I was. Uh, I would see these things in the sky, and who knows how long they were following me, before then, I just started, you know, watching and and seeing, you know, and 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 monitoring the sky. I was just simply seeing them all the time, so it made me go uh, and do more investigations on it. You know, um, I uh, I don't I don't know if it is, as far as um, I started reading biblical scrolls, things like that, and I started reading the Bible on UFOs because there's times... Tons of UFOs in the Bible. Um, for instance, you know we we've got a a, a pillar cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night led the Israelites out of out of Egypt. Well, clearly, if you, when you when you read more of the Exodus story, you can clearly find out that this thing, you know, Moses followed this thing in the sky basically for 40 years. So, in in my in my opinion, they 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 follow the UFO around in the desert for 40 years. You know, sometimes it says that that thing sat in the sky for a year and that thing wouldn't move. So the Israelites pitched tent and they watched that thing and whenever that thing started to move in the sky, there they go. They started packing up and they followed that thing around in the sky. And, uh, you know, who was it that led the Israelites into uh, the promised land? You know, it wasn't Moses. He was taken away by light on the mountain. It was that thing in the sky. That thing in the sky they followed into the promised land. Well, the more and more I started studying about UFOs, the more I started um, understanding on what they were. And, uh, you know, I was in New York uh, during uh, the 2000, uh, during 2001. And uh, when the terrorist attack happened out there, uh, when the towers fell, there was a no-fly zone in effect. And um we were upstate New York at the time and my son and his friend was outside playing and my son came running up uh, to the window dad daddy you saw so I go and look. and sure enough it was uh, uh it was like uh, it was four silver spheres. and they were connected uh, by lines or by bars if you will and much like much like uh, what we see uh like in uh the kids jumping jacks, you know, the the ball game with the with the jacks and, and the ball and uh it was going counterclockwise. So we're all looking at it and it's not that high above us. It's just only like a couple hundred feet above us. And uh uh my, friend's, uh, my Uh, my son's friend goes, oh, it's probably just an airplane or something. And I'm like, you know what? That is not an airplane. You know, I have no idea what that thing is. That is not an airplane. Don't ever forget what you guys are seeing. That's special. That's something. And as it went over the apartment complex and into an open field, we saw another one. It was a, It was a silver sphere, a silver orb. And it seemed to have a white tail. And it looked like it was getting ready to connect with the jacks. And uh, it uh, went behind some trees, and uh, we didn't see it again. So I used to walk the kids to school every morning, and I kept reminding them, "Look, don't ever forget. What the, you know? I've been around for thirty, forty years now. You know, I've never seen anything like that before. You guys, you know, a great, like they all thought, don't ever forget about it. You know. Well, while being in New York and uh, um, being from Phoenix, I'm a I'm a native. I'm a native here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I was watching a lot of UFO reports here in Phoenix, and I'm like, what the heck am I doing in New York when Phoenix, Arizona is the hot spot for UFOs? So, in 2004, I went back specifically to hunt these Phoenix lights, to hunt these strange things in the sky. And uh, in doing so, you know, um, I uh, I started to, to watch some programs here, and some on the Native Americans. And uh, there was an Indian tour guide out here. He works for the Pueblo Indian Art Museum in downtown Phoenix here. And I saw him on one of the news channels, and he was conducting a tour about the petroglyphs on South Mountain. And uh, one of the people asked, Well, uh, hey, Dave, uh, this uh, this this looks like this guy is looking at something in the sky, and he's referring to a stick figure guy, and an orb is above his head. And uh Dave came back, and he's like, he goes, "Oh yeah, that's, that's part of the interpretations here on South Mountain. Is our ancestors saw things in the sky and recorded them on the rocks." And I was like, "Whoa, hold the phone! Wait a minute!" A big light bulb went over my head, and I was like, "You know what? We got strange lights in the skies. Now we have strange markings out here on the mountain. There's got to be a connection." So I got a hold of Dave. uh His name is Dave Morris, with the Pueblo Indian Art Museum. I called him up, and I didn't, you know, I didn't tell him what I was doing or anything like that, but I did say I was kind of doing a documentary on the tetroglyphs, and he could t- if he could take me up on um, South Mountain and, and explain what the these tetroglyphs were all about. So I met, up, uh, met him up on South Mountain, and uh, we did a tour, about two two- or three-hour tour, and he just went into everything, and, you know, at, at that time, um, uh, I was still thinking craft, and I was still thinking, you know, little green guys from Alpha, Alpha Centauri, little green guys from Mars, you know, technology, spaceships, things like that. And he came to um, some spirals, and he's telling me, well, yeah, this is when you see a spiral on the rocks out here, it, it's a, it's an emergence point. It's a doorway, you know. And uh, he's like, well, you see it nine times out of ten, you'll see a crack next to that spiral, and that crack is the door. and I'm like thinking to myself, well, how can a little, how can a craft get into a crack of the rock? You know, I was like, that's just literally impossible. You know, until I saw it, until I understand, understood what he was talking about, and that was about a year, about a year and a half later. But I said, let me backtrack a little bit. You know, in 2004, um, no, I was uh, watching the newscasts, and I just, uh, I just uh, missed a sighting out here on the west side of Phoenix. And uh, it was a bunch of lights. But I knew before I went to New York that there was a guy out in Mesa on the east side of Phoenix that was filming the lights and making the news a lot. And, you know, I figured, you know, now is the time to go hunt these things down. Uh, Now is the time to go. So I knew that there was a sighting the night before on the west side, but it seemed like the the major hot spot was on the east side. So um, me and my son, we, we decided to get an apartment out there, and we just sat and looked. And lo and behold, it didn't take as long, only a couple nights, we saw these huge orange amber lights. And they were just motionless in the sky there. And some were uh, moving, um, going west towards South Mountain. So that was my very first sighting. I got got my very first sighting that I got on film, and I was ecstatic, and I was like, wow, that's really something, that's neat. The next couple nights, I didn't see anything. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? We should get try because you know being in the heart of the city, it's hard to see over trees. It's hard to see over buildings. I wanted to get a view of the night nice sky, so we came across Mesa Community College and they had a set of bleachers about you know close to 100 feet up in the air. It was huge, you know, for the kids to have their football games and and baseball games and whatnot. So I climbed up on the bleachers and I took a look at the skyline and lo and behold, that was it. That was the place where I was going to sit in, in two thousand four the summer of two thousand four the sky watch every night well, it paid off because we were getting these lights just a few miles away from us hovering in this one spot um these lights would come in do a formation and go out and it was it was awesome and uh yeah i, I got i documented i documented every everything all all the sightings Oh great. And um uh um, yeah, you know. And um so that was, you know, that was about the time, you know, when I saw Dave, you know. And I didn't tell Dave who I was. And and uh, so he he's up there t- teaching me the petroglyphs and stuff and he's talking about the giants and he's talking about the vortexes and he's talking about the doors. And he's talking about the spirits, you know. And, and he even referenced this one uh uh rock art and he and this uh six-figure uh type man is carrying look like a type of worm or some kind of creature or something and they was trying to explain to yes that's what the spirit that's that's what the spirit looks like you know it's some kind of worm it's some kind of snake it's some kind of entity you know and uh so uh in in 2004 um after I made the news, uh, now, I wasn't, my son and I and and all our friends, we weren't the only people watching the skies that night. And, um, there was uh, little white airplanes uh, monitoring what was going on out there. And, um, it seemed like uh, as soon as I uh, made the news, then those little white airplanes started to pay attention more to me. And, um, um. It, it got mean, it got interesting. Uh, go ahead.
1: No, do you mean that that you felt that they uh, actually knew about you and they knew what you were thinking?
0: Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm I'm just I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. I'm trying to make yeah. sure I don't go overboard. But uh, in watching the lights and watching the airplanes, it was really neat because these little white Cessna airplanes would. Uh, be about a few thousand feet in in the air, and they were circling. And they circled that area where these lights would show up at. And as soon as the lights would would start to appear, these airplanes would zoom in after these lights. And they wasn't there to investigate them. They wasn't there to check them out. They were there to shoo them away, to make sure they got out of the area. And that's exactly what, what was going on. These airplanes would zoom in after these lights, And when the airplanes got within a mile or two radius to the lights, the lights would disappear. And the airplanes would come into that area and circle for like five minutes. And then the airplanes would go back high up in the sky and start circling. And then the lights would appear right back in the same spot. And so here come the airplanes zooming in after them. So that went on the whole summer of 2004. So I'm calling the news. And I'm saying, hey, is anybody reporting these lights out here? It's been, like, every night, man. There's got to be somebody else out here watching these lights, you know. And uh, about a month or two goes by, and finally uh, News Channel 3 gets a hold of me, and they're like, are you still filming them lights? And I'm like, sure. And he's like, would you, would you like the other people are seeing him? Do you want to do a story? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So I ended up doing about four news uh, stories that year, or, the, yeah, that year, of some uh, that summer of 2004. and. uh the end result was they got the military involved. And they were trying to say that um, we were seeing flares in Tucson 150 miles away. And that was just crazy. That was crazy. These lights were next to South Mountain. They were clearly in in, in the city. And um, they weren't 150 miles away. They were right here in front of us. You know, so I knew that was absolutely wrong. You know, th- this was not flares you know uh, when we see airplanes dropping out flares i've investigated this time and time again uh first of all every aircraft every manned aircraft has an anti collision light on it it blinks okay it's like a warning beacon for other airplanes in the sky to see them and uh so we would we would see these blinking lights of the aircraft and then we would see the flares being you know, shot out of the aircraft, and then sometimes they'd have parachutes, but they always had smoke trails to them, and they wasn't that big. These lights that we were filming in 2004 were huge. They were big, orange, amber lights, solid, you know, and uh, that was just not it. So I knew that it wasn't flares. So in 2004, after the end result was, was we were seeing flares, you know, that whole summer, I think that first couple nights, uh, that first couple times I made the news, the airplanes they started. They not only started watching the lights, but they started watching uh, us also. Um, it seemed like uh, like a couple days after that news report, uh, my son and I would get up on our bikes, get ready to head out to do some sky watching, and a little airplane would follow us. That airplane would follow us and watch us set up out there. And uh, he'd climb it in the sky, and he'd circle, and he'd watch us. Sometimes he got really, really close to us. I mean, he flew real so close that we could see the pilot in it. And uh, he zoomed past us and everything. And he'd climb it in the sky, and then here comes the cat and mouse with the lights and blah, blah blah. And as soon as we got home, about ten thirty, eleven, the airplane would follow us home. Well, after they said, "Well, we're seeing flares," I'm like, "Dude, there's no way." You know, let's see if um um if I can get some day shots. And uh, in studying it, I I realized that these UFOs like mountains. They like mountains for some reason. And so I moved in 2005 specifically to the east side of South Mountain, about a mile away. And I set up my camera out my kitchen window. I had a perfect view of South Mountain. And it didn't take long, about a week. And sure enough, this little black orb comes out of the sky and he ascends on South Mountain and about a half an hour later, about a mile down the road from the mountain, two or three of them leave. So the next day I went out there to investigate, uh, you know, because I'm I'm going out there, I'm thinking, well, there's got to be a crop circle there, there's got to be some kind of, uh, you know, evidence that this thing landed, I saw it, I videotaped it, you know, I knew exactly the spot where he went. So I went out there to investigate, and what do I find? Lo and behold, I find a huge boulder, and it's got a spiral on it, and it's got a figure, man, looking up at an orb in the sky, you know? Wow. And uh, that was it. That was it, you know? And I remember Dave, the Indian tour guide, he's telling me, well, yeah, you know, the spirits, they come and go from, from the cracks. There's doorways here on South Mountain. And, uh, you know, it's all just some legend, blah, blah. But now, because I've seen it, because I've witnessed it, because I've filmed it, this is true. It's not a legend. It's not a myth. This thing, what is going on here in Phoenix, Arizona, not only here, but around the world, is these things are coming and going from the mountains. Now, why mountains? It's because, in my opinion, because of the fault line. South Mountain and most of the mountains around this Valley of the Sun uh, was created by fault lines. And the the Indians say that. that uh, uh, these things, these things follow. The, they 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 basically follow the energy. So when the sun gets in the right position, it opens up a doorway. It opens up these fault lines, and to um, absorb these, this ley lines, these energy lines, if you will, and it attracts these things, and they actually they go into the mountain. Now it's pretty it's pretty fascinating. I've seen them. Um, I understand why the Native Americans call these things spirits. Um, it's because when they're coming out of the sky, when they're ascending onto the mountain, um, they're solid. They're changing shape. They're shape-shifters. Um, they're morphing. They're doing neat things. And then when they start going down, up, down on the mountain, they start to change. You can kind of see through them. They're like a type of ghost. It's like a spirit. And then all of a sudden... They get next to a rock and they just seem to absorb themselves into the rock. And I'm like, Wow man, that's it. You know, that, that was crazy. You know, and then like about a half an hour later, they would come out of that rock, same way. You know, spirits form and as they ascended up into the sky they became more solid, they become more colorful, they become more they shift shaped And um and that's when I was I was thinking about Dave, you know, wow. You know, this isn't nuts and bolts. You know, after like a few years of watching these things, I'm convinced. You know, I'm coming. I went into this thinking of a spaceship. I went into this thinking technology, and I'm and I'm I'm looking at this as totally different now. This is another species of life. This is another entity. Um, you know, one of my favorite one of my favorite sayings is. Just as the oceanographers are finding new species of life beneath the oceans, this is another species of life above the ocean that the scientists fail to recognize because these things are here. They've been here before us, and they'll be here well after us. you know, and they've always been here. The Native Americans knew it. This is why the Indians go up on the mountains, they do, they do their prayers, they sing to the spirits. They're talking about these uFOs to us, it's uFOs to them it's spirits and um well they also
1: have those big petroglyphs that are meant for somebody to see from the sky you know the absolutely yeah they're you can see them only from the sky you don't really know where, where you're standing next to them what they are until you see them from above and that was they've lasted sure. thousands of years
0: you know sure, and, like them, uh, the Nazca lines right absolutely yeah. You know, and then you know, we're, I just I did a tour uh, a few days ago, and we were talking about the master lines. And if you do some investigation on that, there's lines that go on for miles. They just go in, they go, they go straight on for miles. But where do they end up at? the the, the lines end up at a huge crevice in the earth, a huge canyon. And what do we find there? We find pottery shards. Of 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 um. In my opinion, um. Um, offerings, okay. So we find a lot of we find a lot of pottery shards of offerings here on South Mountain too, next to these petroglyphs where the spirits reside at. Uh, there's so much information and there's so, there's so much to go over. <laughs> there is
1: now. Um, I wanted to ask you something. What part of New York did you have that sighting and when you were had your first one? Was that New York upstate?
0: Well, um, the first was like a cigar-looking thing. Uh, that was here in Phoenix. And then uh, in 2001, during the no-fly zone, there wasn't any really supposed to be any airplanes in the sky. That's the one we, that's the one upstate New York in, in Corning, New York, yeah. Corning.
1: Well, when I, uh, my mother was born in upstate New York in Poughkeepsie. And uh, before I was born, like a year before I was born, she saw uh, seven Small white crafts fly over. Uh, there you go, the New York area. Yeah, and then there you I, go. after I then guess what I was born July thirteenth, nineteen fifty-two. When that whole week they had the flap of them washing over, uh, flying over Washington.
0: Right, D.C. and you know, um, you know, and this, here's the thing, you know, sure. Uh, I mean, a scientist has has already found at least seven Earth-like planets, and sure, why not? Maybe there are people on there, and maybe they made some technology and, uh, you know, put a spacecraft together and is able to visit Earth. I I don't have any problems with that. As a matter of fact, I have seen some things that could resemble a craft that some people could say it could be a craft, but I think what the majority of the public is seeing in the world today is another creature, is another living being. Um, when you see five lights out there, you're not looking at a spaceship. You're looking at five entities. And I think that's that's one of the problems that we have that we have here in Phoenix is this 1997 Phoenix Lights incident. There's people saying, well, this craft went over Phoenix. But yet, when you do the investigations, when you look for the video, you only find four videos these Phoenix Lights, and where are they? They're on the west side of South Mountain, between the South Mountain and the Australia Mountains, and the Australia Mountains means Star Mountain. Isn't that interesting? And it was going, and uh, they were just going in a formation of lines. They weren't moving across the sky. They didn't go over the city. They were just a bunch of lights, and, and a few of them saw it. But yet, this story got blown way out of proportion, and it's my opinion, studying this for over 20 years now you know, because we cannot find one lack of evidence, one evidence to videotape that a, that a craft did go over Phoenix. There's nothing on that. There's a lot of hearsay in this and that, but there's really no proof. The only proof that we have of nineteen ninety seven are those lights that only hung around the mountains there. And it continues and it continues to this day. It goes on to this day. Now like the first year I was there in in, in uh, two thousand five, um, the airplanes were still following me, but now I was picking up black helicopters. And these black mm-hmm. helicopters would fly around and, and they'd, they'd watch the mountain. And then they'd come and they'd watch me. And uh, for instance, um, there was like, there's canyons out there. And these canyons are, are, they're like doorways for these spirits. They're doorways for these things. And uh, so one morning I'm getting my son ready for school and I got my camera out my kitchen window. Uh, you know, I, I lived there for two years. I watched my I watched that rock for two years, probably two and a half years actually. I had my camera ready. I never left my kitchen. If something was going to get past me, it was because I was sleeping or I was in the bathroom. I stayed in that kitchen all the time with that camera faced at that mountain. And so that that first year... Uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so I saw uh, this huge flying serpent. It was a flying snake. He was red and black. And he came out of this canyon. And he was going west. And he climbed about 1,000 feet up. And then he started to circle. And he came right over, uh, right over the apartment complex, right where we were at. And he was sitting there motionless above us, you know, doing shape-shifting. He turned into a snake, and he turned into a cross, and he turned into an orb. but but he always went back into the serpent shape. And uh, so my kid had to go to school, and I'm like, dude, okay, well, the bus stop's right there. I'm going to film this thing, have a good day. And he's like, okay, bye, Dad, I love you. And he's walking away. And this creature-looking snake looks at my kid, looks back at me, then looks back at at my kid and looks at me, and then lo and behold, what's going on? Two airplanes. I hear two airplanes um, on about a few miles uh, on the radius of this thing arrr, coming in. And as soon as that thing noticed that these airplanes were coming in, it started, It took off. <coughs> Excuse me. It started, it headed, it headed uh, north toward uh, Pilost Hill Peak, formerly known as Squaw Peak. And that mountain has a big canyon crevice in it also. So, basically, what we're, what's kind of going on here are these things are flying from one mountain, going over the city, and going into another mountain, pretty much. And uh, which brings, brings too, me like... back... We're gone, I'm sorry. Excuse
1: me. How is this affecting your son?
0: Oh, man. I mean, he... <laughs> I mean it's awesome because he's seen as many... I mean, he's seen a lot, and... Uh, he he enjoys it, you know. He he calls me up, uh, you know, every once in a while, because he's older now. He's like 22, and uh, yeah. the lights are following him too, you know. He sends me photographs. Dad, look what I just saw, you know. I'm like, wow, that's awesome, you know. Were you so, able to get um, a
1: picture of that snake thing?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I stuck it up on YouTube. Um, you know what? Uh, so I I'm back to my point. Um, so I I filmed I filmed this thing. And uh, I, I took it to News Channel 3, and they aired it, and um, about two days later, I'm watching the mountain out there, and lo and behold, this black helicopter comes flying around, and he goes right to that canyon, and he hovers there. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I'm the only one that knew where that thing came out of. You know, I saw it. You know, by the time I got it on film, it had already left the canyon and up on the, up in the sky. But I per- personally witnessed that thing coming out of that canyon. How did this helicopter know where to go? Well, not only did he go to that to that canyon, but he went and started checking other spots on the mountains. Now there's spirals and doorways all over South Mountain. There's more petroglyphs on the east side of South Mountain than there are there is on the west. And everything is oriented towards the east. The Indians consider it sacred, and that's basically what it is. And and every everything is coming and going basically from the east side of South Mountain. So and and by then, by that time, it had already been close to a year, and I had already discovered you know three or four or five doorways that I see it, that I personally watched these UFOs coming and going from. So I knew where to look on the mountains, what to monitor. You know, as months go by, as days go by, I knew exactly where these things were coming and going from. But, yet, he went, that helicopter went and checked the doors that I already knew about, but also went and checked some other doors that I didn't know about. And I'm like, cool, you know. So later on, you know, I went to him to investigate what he was looking at. And sure enough, there was some spirals there. It was a doorway, you know. And But then that, that black helicopter, he would turn and stare right at my window. There were times when I'd be waiting at waiting at the bus stop, and this black helicopter would swoop down in on me, you know, things like that. Uh, they sit there, they sit there and watch me wherever I go when I'm up on the mountain. There's like little white airplanes that I like to circle and and watch, and sometimes we'll see a black helicopter that will come around and watch, you know, just to see what we're doing. But I, you know, someone else is watching these things also. And, and they have been for for years to go, for years for for, for years they've been watching these things. The government, somebody knows. I'm not saying it's the government. I don't know who it is, but somebody knows that these things are real. They're coming and going from the mountains. They're keeping it quiet. Now, why? Why is that? So a lot of people are saying, "Well, Jeff, UFOs are real. How come they're not landing on the White House lawn?" Here's my answer. Um, in the beginning, talking with Dave and talking with some of the other Native Americans out here about these about these entities, um, it, apparently when okay the HoKams were the first Native Americans here on this land, and the Holocoms is a team word for the people who went missing, the people who are gone, because we don't know what happened to these people. Uh, when me and you move, we take our belongings with us, and but yet the HoKams didn't. They just up vanished, disappeared. That's all the belongings. Um, the archaeologist wants us to believe, well, it got too hot here, they moved on, they migrated elsewhere. Okay, if that's true, where did they go? We can't find any trace of where they went. But yeah, when we talk to the Native Americans and when we look at the petroglyphs out there, the Native Americans will say, well, the devil came from the east and took my people away. And that's what's exactly what these petroglyphs are showing. It's, it's showing that these Phoenix lights, that these creatures in the sky, these flying serpents, these flying crosses, these flying diamonds, are picking people up and taking them up into the sky. And that's exactly what these petroglyphs are are, are talking about. And that's exactly what the Native Americans think also. And it's, you know, South Mountain is a holy mountain. And, uh, you know, they were trying to uh, destroy the mountain. They did. They actually, they destroyed the east side of South Mountain there. And uh, um, I had pulled up a map. I found a map in, in, in a government archive, and uh, it showed uh, cemeteries all along the east side of South Mountain. And lo and behold, what we find today is they turned those cemeteries into golf courses. Golf courses, apartment complexes, and restaurants. And when that was all being constructed... The Native Americans, they were mad. They protested the Goth people. They protested the construction workers. They were upset because you're, you're working on sacred ground, your burial ground, blah, blah. blah. And who's to say? Did they move the bodies or did they leave them there? You know, is this like a type of publicized movie where, you know, people are living on sacred burial ground? Sure it is. Absolutely. And uh, I found the proof in, in, in an old government file uh, years ago. And uh, it's in my book there. But, um, uh, yeah, Um. so another point. Okay, so my friends, in watching these UFOs, okay, the first year, it was neat. Okay, so I saw a UFO in January. I saw a UFO in February. I saw a UFO this month. I saw a UFO that month. But I didn't see UFOs this month. I didn't see UFOs that month. I didn't see UFOs this month. But I did see UFOs that month. <sighs> okay, the second year, it repeated itself. It repeated itself. It was a cycle. Um but there was more of them it seemed like and um the the way that the Native Americans uh uh constructed some of these petroglyphs is they oriented uh they find a special rock, a huge boulder that was oriented towards the east during the morning, sunset during the equinox during the solstice, and um they would stick a huge boulders on top of other boulders. And they would carve spirals in it, and they would carve uh, spirits like a flying snake. That's really typical. It's really common here in Phoenix, Arizona, is this flying serpent, just like in Mexico, the, the Quetzalcoatl. Absolutely same type of thing. And so they they carved the spiral, and uh, on the equinox and the solstice, the sun would 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 start to move, and it would cast a shadow, uh, a pyramid shadow, through. The, the petroglyphs through the, uh, through the spiral, either one going into the spiral or one coming out of the spiral. And uh, this is how I was able to track them. Um, I noticed that I was in the right position when the sun coming through my window, it would cast a shadow on my floor. And so I marked. Uh, I did like a little solar calendar on my floor. I saw UFOs here. I wrote it down on my floor. I saw the shadows coming here. I wrote it down on my floor. The shadows coming here. I saw UFOs. There's the equinox. I didn't see any UFOs. And the next year, it repeated itself. And that was the whole secret that that I found out right then and there. Is these things like to follow... Uh, Just before the equinox, just after the equinox, just before the solstice, and just after the solstice. So the best time to see these UFOs in Phoenix is January, February, March, and April. That is the hot time out here in Phoenix to see these things coming and going from South Mountain. And when you look at my videos on on YouTube, Petroglyphs in the Sky, you can also find a lot of uh, UFOs here on my Facebook page, Petroglyphs in the Sky. You'll notice the times. They all seem to come around the same time. You know, they love the mornings. Uh, Hot time is in the mornings, um, the afternoon sometimes, and then another hot time is between 5 and about 6 o'clock, 5.30 seemed to be the best time to witness a UFO on South Mountain on the east side. And uh, like I said, the second year was great, man. You know, and so, over the years, doing my studies, doing my investigation, doing my hiking, and exploring, you know, I understood talking to Native Americans out here about it. I understood exactly what was going on and and uh so um, back to my point, well, how the how come they're not landing on the White House lawn? Well, it's because when the first Native Americans got here, they didn't. supposedly they didn't know how to live here. So the lizard people came up out of the sand world and they lost their tails to look like everyone else. And when they taught the people how to live, they went back down to the sand world and promised to return someday. Well, not only did they um, teach them how to live, but they also wanted uh, the people there to worship them. Just like what we find in Genesis 6 when it says the the Messalon came down and all the people here worshiped these things as God and the sacrifices commenced. And that's basically, it's really neat because we can read the Bible, especially Genesis 6, and we can see the story. But when we go out on the mountains, we can actually see the photograph. We can see exactly what these Indians are talking about. these They're talking about the giants. They're talking about things coming out of the sky. We can find the altars out here. You know, we can find the sacrificing altars uh, oriented towards the east. All of which, all of which, the archaeologist fails to acknowledge this. And it really upsets me, too. I've dealt with this guy before. And he just will not uh, acknowledge that, uh, you know, I found at least three or four tombs out there, clearly there is something buried here. There is something buried on South Mountain, not only South Mountain, but the existing mountains around Phoenix. And But yet the archaeologists, they don't want to touch it. They don't want to disturb it. They don't want to check it out. And I'm like, what the heck, man? You got to do this, you know? They don't want anything to do with it. And it's because, uh, because of uh, the sacrifice and because of worship. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were taken away without, without uh, any trace. These UFOs came down and took them away, took the people away. And not only was it here in Phoenix, but it was, it's the same story throughout the whole world when it comes to, to the Indian tribes. There's tons of Indian tribes out here that just up and vanished with no trace. But yet yeah, when you get deep into it, you'll find out these creatures from, from another world or, or from you know another dimension took the people away. So this is the reason why they haven't made contact with us yet is because we don't need them yet. They're simply just watchers, okay? But if you notice, when the world starts to escalate, when man starts fighting with man, when when we're at the brink of war, that's when these things really start to come out and take notice. You start seeing a lot of UFOs when, when we're in conflict, much like, much like it is now. The world's getting kind of crazy right now. And we're we're seeing UFOs. I'm seeing them again. You know, they're flying over the window some more. So something is going on. And uh, so I think, in my opinion, you know, because these things, you know, uh, a lot of people, I mean, one theory is these things are angels. Okay? And, uh... So then the, the land they were cast down. They lived here. It makes perfect sense. That's why the Indians saw them. That's because, you know, well, that's when uh, the Holocomps saw them because they were here a lot longer than we have because they lived here among us too. You know, it's really weird. SETI, SETI that uh, space satellite thing, is looking for, for uh, uh, E.T. in space when I think we should be li- looking for E.T. in our own backyards because they're in the mountains here. They're in the fault lines. They're in, they're, wherever there's energy can conduct, you're going to find these UFOs and they're absorbing the energy. Let me tell you a little thing here. When I was doing uh, the Niche Channel 3 in, in, channel, uh, in 2004, uh, I noticed that the lights were hanging in the same spot. And uh, the producer told me, he's like, well, you know what's out there, don't you? And I'm like, no. He's like, well, there's a power plant out there. And I'm like, oh, really? You know, so, and I found the map. I found uh, an early 1900s map when the first pioneer settlers got here to Phoenix, Arizona, they documented all the Hohokam canals, all the prehistoric villages, and it seems that on the east side of South Mountain where that power plant sits today was the heart of the Hohokam civilization. They lived right there at that energy spot. Why? Is because these things would come into the sky. These things would magically appear above them, and, and this this was their god. They worship these things. You know, this was this was the spirit. Um, it seemed like uh, every time, to- every place around the mountain, on South Mountain, where these things come and go from, these Native Americans, they want to get as close as they can to them. They will live next to them. Um, you know, just like uh, uh, Montezuma's Castle. Okay, sure. You know, it, sure. It's a, it's a, it's an Indian dwelling. It's high up on the mountain, and sure, you know, we can, we can see the enemies coming up on us before then. But also, there's a spiral, a spiral next to that dwelling, and a huge crack. So not only is it a good defense mechanism, but that's where these these UFOs that they saw at that time was was emerging out of, was next to that spiral on that huge mountain there. So they just follow them and you know what, <laughs> you know, I found a map and uh, it documented where all the all the, all the the uh, the villages were and it seemed like, you know, over the years I lived in some of those spots where the villages once were and no doubt I saw a lot of sightings living in that area and I wrote all this in my book. You know, this is one of the ways where we can find out where the hot spots of UFOs are uh, is through the Indian dwellings, through the Indian, uh, wherever they lived at, that's where the UFOs are hanging out at. Where can we and, get your book? You know, um, it's it's all completed. It took me 15 years to write uh, tons of information on how to see UFOs in Phoenix, on how what places, where to go to see them, what dates, what, date, what months. Um, there's tons of photographs in it. Um, and it's a neat little story. It's a neat little story that combines a little bit of everything: some facts, some fiction, some truth. Um, that's that's basically that's the very first of it. And then the second part of it is is my, you know, um, theories and and uh, explanations on how I became you know fascinated with UFOs and how I was able to track them down and. And it's really neat because, you know, I, I did all of this on my own. Nobody helped me. I investigated this a long time ago. Um, you know, I, before UFO Hunter Show aired, I did the pilot for the UFO Hunter Show. And uh, soon after that, uh, ancient aliens came across, you know. And, um, you know, I was writing about these things coming and going from mountains and petroglyphs, you know, in, in UFO magazine article. You know, no one else, it was, up till then, it was just a fairy, you know, well, people, you know, the Indians, they might have seen UFOs in the sky. That could be the interpretations. But, no, I took it a step further. I investigated it. I sat out for two and a half years, and I watched that mountain, and I saw what was going on there, and I went to go investigate it, and I saw petroglyphs with spirals and entities, and that's it. It's, It's not safe, it's not a hoax, and I verified it. So it's not a myth. It's not a legend. This is true. This is one of the biggest conspiracies of all kind of of all time. Is that these things are real and they they've always been here among us. The Indians knew about it. That's why they go up there and they talk to them. And uh, so I've got tons of Petroglyphs photographs in there. Tons of evidence on where the tombs are, uh, what possible theories are in the tombs. And it took me like 15 years to put it together. And so now I'm having trouble finding an editor and a publisher. So what I'm doing now is um, uh, I do tours up here on South Mountain. And so I just, I get people who are interested in my book, a flash drive, you know, for my my book right now. It's about all I can do right now. Uh, My website is down, but uh, sometime this year I'm going to get the website back up. And I'll be putting the book up on there uh, for free, but I have no idea when that's going to be happening now. But it is awesome. I've had a few friends of mine that have already read it; they loved it. Never been done before. Uh, my theories are fascinating. The photographs are awesome, and and the reader it takes the reader on a on a journey, you know, because I call it, you know, uh, I call it you know it's not just another UFO sighting; it's an adventure, and it is. And I think at the end of the book, it really makes the reader think. You know, it makes the reader want to go out on the mountain and investigate it himself because that's the whole point. That's the whole idea. I want people to go up there and witness what I witnessed. And one thing that they have that I I didn't have is is my information on it. You know, if you think that I'm a hoax, you think that I'm faking, then everything that's in this book. You go verify it. You do everything that that book says, and when you're done, if you haven't seen a UFO and if you're not convinced that there's other things going on here, then there's something wrong, you know. So I'm I'm encouraging people to go out there and check it out. That's why I do tours. I bring people to the mountain. I want them to investigate it for themselves, you know. A, a very good friend of mine, Jason. Uh, he found he found me on on uh, YouTube and later on on Facebook. And him and his dad are excellent explorers. And so they called my bluff. They saw my tomb that was up on on um, on uh, YouTube, and they went to go and verify it and sure enough, you know, yeah, they were both convinced this is a tomb. Absolutely. Right. And so now me and him we're awesome buddies. We're hiking buddies now, and we go explore mountains, the mountains all the time. You know, it, it took it took Jason about four years, but we finally saw UFO up on the mountain. You know, some tours we see these orbs while I'm conducting the tour. We will see these orbs in the sky. Some tours, no. Some tours, yes. But uh, we have, I have seen them. And there's plenty of people to verify this on my Facebook page. You know, they've seen you upload on South Mountain. That's crazy. You know, so it's awesome. The word is getting out. You know, and that's the whole idea. You know, I want people to go investigate it. Your your take
1: on this is very interesting. And plus, I don't see many people that have actually gone to this extent. And I usually people see something by accident, right? Right. And it happens everywhere, all over the world by accident. I've seen a few things, but it was always uh, accidental. I never intentionally looked at something, you know, all looking for it, but you have waited and had extraordinary patience to go out and study this, get pictures and everything else. And I think you're doing phenomenal work, and if there's anybody out there who would like to assist him by helping him edit all his work, uh, you know, please contact him. And uh, give him your
0: email address so at least I can send you an email. Well, the best way to get a hold of me right now is probably Facebook. Uh, Petroglyphs in the sky, Jeff Woolwine, W-O-O-L-W-I-N-E. That's the best way to get a hold of me. That's, um, you know, emails is so full of junk. I hardly go there anymore. So if you really are serious and interested, it's best to get a hold of me on Facebook. Uh, Friend me. Follow me. Um, And if if you're out here in Phoenix, Arizona, or if you'd like to conduct a tour with me, shoot me a line. We'll set something up. Um, I have another tour coming up this, this week. Um, another gentleman here that lives here in Phoenix, he lives in, in, uh, and, uh, he lives next to the mountain, he's very interested in this, so he's going to get a copy of my book, and we're going to go up there and talk about Petsicles and UFOs, and it's going to be great. Uh, I did a tour last week, it was awesome, this awesome family came down, and they ended up with a book, and, and, uh, you know, right before they showed up, I did see an orb over South Mountain, I was really hoping that they would have saw it with me, but it didn't happen. I did film it, it's on Facebook, but uh, clearly it's something there. So, so everybody been, Everybody just loves the mountain out there, and they I haven't had one person. I've conducted at least 15 tours now, and they all love it. So I get positive feedback, oh. and it's great
1: area. It's a beautiful area anyway, and it's healthy for you to be out there. Do you have any nighttime gear or uh, uh, you're able to see at night with infrared or anything like that?
0: You know, there is a camera that I was using, and um, it's really neat. Uh, it had different settings on it. It had night vision. It had, you know, like cartoon vision. It had all these neat little settings on it. And uh, one day uh, in two thousand four, one night in two thousand four, we're watching these lights, and I just decided to flick it over to pastel, and I noticed that these amber lights were pulsating. There was energy; you could really see it better than a regular camera could. You could actually see it pulsating within itself, um, pulses of light, and it's there. It's energy. It's like plasma, if you will, it's like spheres of energy now it it's not in my opinion, it's not a little guy in these spaceships, man, each light is the entity, it's a creature, it's highly advanced, it knows who's looking it's no it knows who's not looking uh it knows who wants to see him, it knows who doesn't want to see him it's very intelligent it's 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 one step higher than mankind uh you know, I, in my opinion, I think they could be angels, you know. So some of them are good, some of them are bad. Uh, we can get into that later if you like. But, but yeah, yeah, you know, um, I
1: have you. I do want to talk about all that. Okay, can I ask you a question about your area? Are you near Superstition Mountain? So,
0: so that's mountain? such a... That is such an awesome mountain. I love the Superstition Mountains. Let me tell you why. You know, everybody is all, all fascinated with the superficial mountains because of the lost Dutchman's gold mine. Everyone's out there looking for the gold. But you know what the Indians say about that mountain? When the flood was coming, there was giants that roamed this land. And when the flood was coming, the lead giant told his other giants to climb up on this rock. So the lead giant used his powers and he raised the rock up a little higher, but the waters kept coming. So he raised the mountain up a little bit higher, but the waters kept coming. He did this so much, he made this huge mountain, but the water was still coming. And but he was so tired at that time, he was out of his powers. So in his last bit of strength, he decided to immortalize all his giant friends, all his giant family into stone. And so, and to this day, you can see the giants that are up on up on the Superstition Mountains. These huge stalactite. Uh, looking formations, and the Native Americans call them giants, and on the bottom of the mountain there, you can see another giant, and it looks like he's praying, but here's the thing, soon as the giant turned, the, turned his descendants into stone, the water stopped, it didn't go over, the water stopped, soon as he turned, turned everybody to stone, and to this day, you can see the giants up there, and then you can see the watermark where the flood stopped.
1: Wow. That's, a, that's an amazing story. My dad used to take me out there when I was a kid because he had bought land out there. And, uh, he talked about the lost touch of mine and everything else. And it was really fascinating being out there and it's a beautiful area. It's, you know, it's better to go when it's cooler to me, you know, cause it can get pretty dang hot out there, but there's a, yeah. they, have, they have hieroglyphics there too.
0: Well, they're, people- um, they're called, they're called petroglyphs. Um, hieroglyphs are, are more from Egypt. And out here we call them petroglyphs, meaning rock carving. And it's a Native American term. And, um, yeah, it, it's the same story. You know, I've seen people send me photographs from around the world of other petroglyphs. And it's the same story. It's the same carvings. You know, sometimes it even looks like the same artist did the, did the drawing. You know, same type of cut words, same type of artistry, same type of chiseling, you know. And basically what's going on here, it's the same story, but sometimes told in a different way. You know, but basically it's the same story. It is,
1: and, uh, you know, we've all heard about the star people and the people coming with a rainbow. (coughs) Excuse me, and things like that. And, uh. It's just a beautiful area.
0: <clears throat>
1: I'm sorry, and keep talking, Mister. Tell me about. Um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't choked up here. Tell me about the uh, this. What effects do the UFO have on you personally?
0: Well, you know, it it made me look at the world in a whole new way. Um, once you start seeing these things on a regular basis like I have, I mean, it doesn't matter where I go. If I sit somewhere long enough, um, they come around and, um, you know, it makes you look at the world a little bit different now. Um, it's not just myths and legends that the Indians are talking about, you know, there is some of the life presence here and, uh, you know the whoever is watching these things also is not telling us about it. And even if they do land on the White House lawn, they're not going to admit that they knew about it all along. Of course not. You know it's unfortunate, but um, yeah, that's my opinion. So like, you know, everybody's asking me, well, how come they're not making contact? We see him but they no one's We're not. When no one's talking to them, you know this and that. And I think it's because we don't need them yet. You know I think, uh, and once there's like no food, once there's no water uh and man is in dire distress again, like it was in the beginning, then that's when these things are gonna come down. One will turn himself into a human because that's what the petroglyphs depict, you know, they shape ships. they like to look they like to look like animals, they like to look like humans they like they like to look like diamonds, they like to look like orbs and lights and and spirit people and things like that. And so one's going to come down and say, "You know what? I can do mir- miracles for you. Just worship me, you know." And that's when it's going to all start over again. The sacrificing, this and that. You know, the Bible talks about this. You know, we can read stuff like this in Revelation. You know, yeah. and, and a lot of people think, "Well, this dragon is supposed to come out of the sea. Dragon is supposed to come out of the, out of the earth." Everyone's trying to say, "Well, it's a metaphor." But what if? You know, they're really talking about a dragon because what I technically saw in in the mountains, you know, is a type of serpent, a type of dragon. So it wouldn't surprise me a bit, you know, if if the the lead dragon will be unleashed from hell and and come up out of the mountains, you know, and uh, make everyone worship this entity, you know. And so you know, the good UFOs or the good angels come back and conquer them again. You know, I was telling, I was explaining to this uh, on my tour last time that, uh, you know, I find many different types of living, uh, many types of different entities carved on the rocks out here. And one is depicting uh, a six-figure guy, and he has four arms. Now, when we look in India uh, depictions and we see the art. Uh, we see like elephants and demonic creatures and they have like six, seven, eight arms, you know. And uh, uh, this uh, entity on South Mountain, he's holding a staff and uh, it's pointing at a flying humanoid type serpent guy. And he's actually shooting at this thing in the sky. He's shooting at this serpent guy that's flying in the sky there. Now, when we look at the India legends, the India legends tell us about the Viamatis and that there was a war between the good aliens and the bad aliens, and mankind was the trophy. And, uh, uh, you know, apparently because we're living today, you know, the good aliens won, the good UFOs won, the good angels won. But they put their weapons on certain spots around the world because they know they're going to have to come back again to reuse them one more time. And so when I'm looking at some of these tombs, you know, I'm thinking, well, this could possibly hold, you know, a magic staff, a magic rod. This could have, you know, something to do, you know, with, you know, what the India Legends is is talking about. Because it's the same story, you know. Um, It's the same guy. And it's really neat, too, because one time uh, I I was on the east side of South Mountain and I found this petroglyph and they're shooting at a dinosaur. And about a year later, the construction crews mm-hmm. out here on the construction crew down here on the east side of South Mountain was making a new apartment complex, and they had to stop and call in archaeologists because they found a dinosaur bone out there. You know, so that's really awesome. You know, to find that petroglyph just showing them shooting a dinosaurs. and then all of a sudden, you know, they, the archaeologists are pulling up the dinosaur bones. So that was pretty fascinating. <laughs> well, I, was thrilled. I was thrilled. Yeah,
1: this- these walls are uh written the truth and it's it's so amazing that the modern man uh that want the power they don't want you to look at the what's the writing on the wall they don't want you to look in the sky they don't want you to ask questions like this and that's why I joined this group a long time ago. Cyril, I don't know if you heard about it uh, but um Yvonne Smith started a first of all I contact I had my uh first experience a long time ago in I was very disturbed by the whole thing. And I actually was having PTSD from the whole thing. That's why I wanted to know how you felt. But anyway, I actually wanted help. And so I actually wrote to Harvard, and John Mack wrote me a letter back who uh, was such a wonderful person and very interested in people affected by alien abduction and stuff like that. And he had me join uh, this meet uh, Yvonne Smith, and that's how I started her group, which I've been in ever since. And that's over 20 awesome. years. And yeah, awesome. she does, Now she's a licensed uh, therapist and she helps people that have panic disorder, PTSD that are resisting um, this alien stuff or, or some people have good experiences with uh, this contact with aliens and stuff like that. Mine have only, I've only had like one uh, positive experience that I can recall where I wasn't resisting. And, uh, that was uh, showing me um uh, just uh, anyway it's so crazy to go into i don't want to talk about it for some reason but anyway uh so so to me you know you've talked about something that i have some things that i've seen i didn't know i knew that the native americans knew about the because of the drawings you can see that they're talking about stars in these in these works i guess they're sort of like a circular little motions in the sky and some of them have so many figures in the the pieces against the walls that it's it's incredible just trying to decide right. what's going on, you know? Right. And, and I find it really fascinating, but I also find that a lot of us are drawing together that uh, to actually support each other when this thing, revelation or the reveal comes down because a lot of us feel like, you know, I don't feel like we're nearing the end. I don't feel like that. I have had, you know, a lot of dreams about stuff like that. But I do feel that the end of being stupid is coming. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, ignoring, I'm yeah crazy, right. I'm sorry to put it that way. But it's really <laughs> weird to talk to people. What could If we're here on this planet, what makes us think there can't be other beings on other planets? Like we're, yeah. we are the result of people spinning around in the middle of... You know, universes, now we know there's a sense of the Hubble. Oh my God, I, I fell over the first time I saw how many universes were out there. I don't know how you felt about it, but it's like getting your spirit expanded. Like, oh, look look how tremendously – I don't even know. There's not a big enough word to to how big all this stuff is. There's got to be more than us. If there isn't, I feel like we're in trouble because we've been messing around on right. earth really goofing up. You know what I mean? We should have evolved right. to higher – a sense of being. I think the saints do, you know, they have somehow done it and thank God for those saints. Cause I feel like they're praying for the rest of us, you know, as we're trying to make our way through this life and do as little harm as we can. You know what I mean? But the truth yeah. is, this stuff is going on. That's why uh, i was happy to have you on the show because you've made an unusual connection. First of all, you feel that these are somehow organic, um, uh, real beings that are able to shape shift. And then right. this stories have been told to us for thousands of years. They're shapeshifters. You know, right. things that can happen. And then uh you're not lying. I have done a radio show with uh, the uh with Dr. Lair, he he would uh take the patients and get their implants taken out that behaved very bizarrely. So we are being followed and uh the implants would he said well, he used to come to our group every month, so we were intimate lunch buddies. You know what I mean. And but he mm-hmm. said these things would pull back when he's trying to pull them out. It's very mm. it's weird you Think about it. You know what I mean. They were metallic somehow, and they were or they'd be silica like glass. You know, but would be such mm-hmm. a pure silica. You know, and unfortunately he's passed. But while I was interviewing them up there, I was up uh, I think I was up in the Hollywood Hills, and I did about there were about six different people there or more. Doing uh, interviewing all of them and uh, the black helicopters came down and swooped on us it's, it's even recorded during the show Sure. and I asked sure. them, I said, can you hear all this? And they, and they heard it and it was like stunning but they come right over my, I have pictures of them right over my house, six and fa- black helicopters flying in formation I right. see stuff right outside look up, you know, once in a while I'll look up, by mistake, a couple nights ago, I didn't mean to look up there, you know what I mean, but I looked and this, is, I'll just describe it because I haven't described it to anybody yet. Cause I okay, so there was something flying, but leaving a very thin vapor trail, and it uh-huh. it was flying. Uh, this object flew to a spot in the sky that looked just like it, and then it stopped, hoovered, and then one other one took off from there and made a very fine vapor trail. I mean, very th- and almost like like smoke has that really thin vapor. Uh-huh. It wasn't like sure. that. You can hear well, You couldn't hear anything anyway. And sure. I flew away from that spot. So I, I kept looking at it. I think, aren't you gonna move? You know, but no, it, <laughs> <up there>. it <laughs> right. took off from it, and it didn't move. And I was like, okay, that was interesting. You know, but <laughs> yeah, they have flown so low over my house. My front door is shaking, and my dogs bark. That's that. Wow. Right. Well, there's a lot of strange things going on. You have described it uh, so intelligently and, uh, with specifics. Now it's hard for, uh, a person impacted to come out. You know, there's a lot of people that are getting dragged out of their houses every night. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they really have a hard time with all of this and they have a hard time being open and out there. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think more people that come out and talk about it, cause you're giving the nuts and bolts of actually what you're seeing, which is very valuable. Because the rest of us, like we're okay, there's an experience. We'll hide. We'll hide under the cover because it'll protect us. We're actually resorting to childish stuff, just to try to hide from them. You right. know, but they come in what they want. That's why I have a problem with it, is because they do what they want and they have to do it under dark. And I think that's the bad part. Why right. do it? What
0: do you yeah, do and... go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. You know, I, I documented all these black helicopters and and uh, you know airplanes following us around and and trying to intimidate me and things like that. And and I, I just think that you know somewhere along the line, mankind has really lost uh, valuable information. Uh, has just like you know, just like how you put it. You know, we became stupid somehow. Uh, yeah. There's so much. There's so much that, uh, we should already know about, you know, and I just, um, somehow we just, we lost all that information throughout centuries and generations, and, uh, I don't know how that came possible. I don't know how that happened, but it, it could be from other, you know, like, governments, you know, uh, suppressing the information, not telling us that there's giants and, and uh, other things that they find out here, you know, so th- that probably has a lot to do with it, so.
1: Yeah, and plus, you know, in one, two generations, we can lose a language, you know. Any more generations of that, you don't even know who your great-grandparents' names are,
0: you know, so yeah. I mean, we're kind and,
1: of and uh, losing stuff.
0: And another uh, thing, too, it's like, you know, I, I mean, I'm a, a big uh, believer in... in the Great Spirit, known as God, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why I'm able to see him so much. You know, because I understand what they are now. You know, I've I've gone over so much history. You know, and and I and my personal feeling is the Bible is a history book. You know, but so many people has turned away from it. Uh, it's no wonder they're asking questions on what these UFOs are today if they would only understand the bible and and understand other biblical scrolls such as the dead sea scrolls and uh, the book of enoch and other type of stories you will find that it's the same type of entity the same type of things that we see in the sky today it's been going on for for thousands of thousands of years you know
1: well look at the uh the medieval paintings that have a spaceship in the background now that you know it's very sure incredible. Right. They're beautiful paintings and then all of a sudden you'll see a guy way, a tiny guy, let's say it's the Blessed Mother. Then there's a tiny guy way in the mountains in the background coming right. up to a UFO. That's you know, it, right. Medieval, uh, that I guess the artist is portraying the uh, sacredness and then on the other hand it's actually reality, you know, there's something up there in the sky. It looks just sure. like a
0: spaceship. And sometimes you can a-
1: draw a Sometimes they look like Jetson cards to me.
0: Yeah, uh huh. And and here's the thing, you know, uh, the 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 Native Americans. Uh, it's not just graffiti out here. It's telling a story, and um, their their carvings is at the place where the story, where the event took place. You know, they didn't have video cameras back then like me and you. They had stone boulders to record their sightings and events. And they did it in certain spots um, where it occurred at. And this is the reason why it's sometimes on South Mountain and other mountains around the world that we find a lot of petroglyphs in one area. But when you think that this is another perfect rock to carve petroglyphs, there's no petroglyphs on it. And why is this? It's because the, the rock with nothing on it is because nothing happened there. The rock with something on it, that's where the occurrence took place at. And we're not supposed wow. just to look at the art itself. The artist, the Native American, is trying. He puts the whole landscape in with the picture. He's not just talking about you know that single rock picture right there. He wants us to put everything in the background. For instance, when I was doing a tour uh i was I was showing there was a huge boulder we are up on south mountain and uh there's uh carvings of a spiral uh going from east to west or well okay uh, there's carvings coming going from east to west and it began with a spiral and it was and it continued into uh uh zigzag formations if you will. And, uh, peaks, if you will. And it went from, uh, left to right and so I was like, okay, you guys see this petroglyph here? You see the spiral and you see these, uh, the triangle zigzag pattern? Now let's step back a little bit. Let's look at the landscape here for a minute. And I took him back out and I said, you see that zigzag? Well, look at the, look at the skyline of the mountain here. You see the zigzag pattern? The, the zigzag pattern, the triangle peaks, is actually the peaks of the mountains in the background. And this is what the Indian is trying to say, that the door the biggest doorway is on the east side but all these other canyons and peaks and and uh, uh, stuff in the background that's what the art is trying to tell us that the whole area that we're in right now is a sacred spot it is where these creatures come and go from that's just
1: fascinating
0: yeah are,
1: it's, are it's you... really that's one way to
0: understand these petroglyphs
1: yeah, it's uh you're, the point of view that you're giving is just really awesome. I hope you uh, do many tours. So uh, you can get a hold of Jeff. We'll whine. He's, uh Tell him again where we can get a hold of you. I want to say this throughout the, the whole show because uh, it's important they get a hold of you and people that have ideas or an um, artist or an editor or anybody else out there would
0: like to join in and
1: help. Uh, tell them where to find you
0: again. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, um, I'm the best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook, uh, Jeff Wowine, aka Petroglyphs in the Sky. It's all one word. Um, you know, I, I needed to to name my website and and my work that I do on the Petroglyphs and what better way because you know the Petroglyphs we see them on the rocks, but now we're seeing them in the sky now. You know, we see the petroglyphs of the flying serpents. We see the petroglyphs of the light. And that's exactly what's going on. It's a representation of the carvings that the Indians saw thousands of years ago and that we, we continue to see in the sky today. So the best way to get a hold of me is Facebook, and I get a lot of messages from people all over around the world. It's awesome. I love it. People sending me the exact same type of footage, uh of, of flying snakes and flying entities and other rock carvings from around the world and and I try to decipher it for them i give them I give them my interpretation on it and I give them you know what the Indians would say it would be and uh, you know when I first came out with this I, i'm I'm trying to tell some of these other people some of these other sky watchers you know sure there could be spacecraft, but this is something else you know it's it, it's another creature it's another life form, and at that time. They just thought it was crazy because even the UFO Hunter show was telling me, now, Jeff, don't go saying that these things are spirits. Don't go saying these things are angels. Don't go saying it's another life form. He's like, you're filming some bizarre stuff, and the public isn't ready for this. Well, this was like 15 years ago, <laughs> and I'm telling him, look, the public better get ready for it because this is what's going on here. And now, 10 years later, People are starting to, you know, see the exact same flying snakes, flying formations, flying orbs, flying diamonds, you know, and and it's awesome when they when they send me a, a videotape of one or a photograph, and I'm like, wow, that's so cool, and, and they're ecstatic, you know, because they, you know, saw the exact same same thing that I that I was filming, you know, way before, you know, anybody else was talking about what these things are. So I believe that I got this thing going, and it's only a matter of time when people start understanding what these things are. Go out to the mountain and watch them for a period of time. Make up their own mind, you know, on what these things are. And and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just uh, I'm overwhelmed at it all. And it's really it's it's really great that everybody is becoming aware of this. And and now you know because of my work, I believe that people are looking more at the uh, petroglyphs in another angle now in in another way. And uh, they're really trying to understand them more uh, because they are seeing strange things in the sky. And, and it's really not adding up to what Hollywood is telling us what they are. And it's not really adding up to what the government is telling us what they are. You know? So it, it's, it's it's awesome that people are, are more interested now. And uh, I'm just glad that, you know, I got it all started. And, and uh, it's awesome. And I'm really blessed. You really are, and
1: uh, just remain strong and stay on your track because there's somebody uh, to – it seems like there's different people for every facet of what's going on here. You know, everybody has a different set of skill sets, and uh, they're all – you know, if we all put them together, uh, but little by little, everybody is kind of waking up to the – you know, things are happening around you. Some people have always known it. They seem to be open people. Some people will say it's not happening, even if it's right in front of their face. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to see it. You can stand yeah. there. But, but once in a while, something will happen. I had uh, some clients. Uh, and there was a couple of them. And they were up in, they went uh, in San Pedro, south of where I am. I'm in Los Angeles, but people, uh, this is San Pedro, south. And you can go up and climb in some San pijo Hills. And anyway, everybody was out at night. And there was like a group of eight to ten went together hiking up in the mountains. Uh, they're not huge mountains, but they're just mountainy uh, area there. And they turned around, and they this is what they thought. They thought they saw a crack in the sky. And mm. they saw all kinds of Hubble-like pictures, like a whole mm. – all these universes and planets and everything in there. And they awesome. thought – you know, they all yelled because they thought it's the end of the world. So a couple of them kind of found down, thinking it's over, but then it closed up again. So I think sometimes people are meant to see certain things and other people, you know, they're not ready for it and they're uh, you know, I have been attracted to certain, even certain movies of uh, how the end's going to be and some of it, I think Stephen King's The Stand, I don't know if you ever read that book or saw the movie, but Oh, yeah, I have the movie. Um, well, see, uh, I knew you did. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, <but laughs> right the, on. the
0: end, but
1: at the end, um, you know, it's talking about good and evil and mm-hmm. uh, miracle kind of things and stuff like that happening, and the evil will show itself, and it, it will be bad, and then the good will also show itself, and the good always wins. You know, and I just want to mm-hmm. remind everybody that, that the good wins in the end, so... You know, please sure. don't go on the dark side, stay out in the light, yeah. you know, up the mountains, <laughs> right, <laughs> do good, right, do good stuff, you know, don't be crawling under a rock, doing bad stuff, you know you gotta come out to the light of day. I'm just talking to the the dark people right now, and uh, it's just um, I don't know, there's a power at work, I believe that uh, God rules everything and he. And that there's also a universe beyond this universe. So, uh, absolutely. I've had a lot of life after death experiences. So, you know, I'm oh, yeah. Now, but, oh, know, yeah. It all goes together, you know, the, um, hang on to the spiritual belief system because that's going to help you when everything falls away. You know, people, yeah, do earthquakes, it's like the end because their worlds are tough, definitely turned upside down. When your house is upside down. You know what I mean? But, We have to hold on to our faith and that inner strength, you know, and also tell the truth, which is very hard to say sometimes.
0: Right. And uh, back to what your reference is, a reference to was an OBE, an out-of-body experience. Um, Yes. You know, when I was 16, I had a motorcycle accident, and I died on the operating table. And I was actually up on the ceiling looking down at the doctors working on my body. And then I was sucked back into my body and then woke up in intensive care. And lo and behold, now, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of UFOs now. And uh, so, I and investigating and, and doing interviews with other people who have had uh, the same similar, similar experience, OBEs, um, mm-hmm. they seem to see a lot of UFOs also. And so it makes me wonder if there, if people you know that has had this happen to them, are more inclined or more in tune to see these things you know in the sky.
1: I think there that may be true because there's a bunch of us that have, uh, you know, I'm pretty traditional, you know, but I know people that aren't are sort of untraditional and and uh, but all the spirituality together. You know, they all seem to have these incredible skills and gifts. Either, either it's in art right. or it's in finding things, a gift to uh, ESP. Like, there's a, all kinds of stuff going on, you know, and uh, it's important that we have people talking about it.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Right. Don't be afraid to talk about these things, you know. <clears throat> a lot of people are afraid, like, whoa, the man in black is going to come after me and raid my raid my house. Well, <laughs> If you're going into Area 51, sure, they're going to come in and raise your house. But basically what's going on, you know, if if you're watching UFOs and you make your name out there like I've done and and you, and you become, you know, uh, if you're on, if, if a lot of people know what you're doing. You know, uh, in my personal experience, you know, sure, the black helicopters follow me around. The airplanes still stick around. I've had people in white vans watch me climbing the mountain, things like that. But they've never tried to really harm me in any way. I have tons and tons of footage and tons of files on UFOs and the real history of Phoenix, Arizona, But yet, I still have it, and I've had them for over 15 years, and no one's coming in here and and messing with me or threatening me. Oh, you can't release this information, or we're going to, you know, you're going to come up missing. You know, that's all Hollywood. You know, I think if they actually did, then that would be proven an admission of guilt, you know? Especially someone who's gotten famous in filming UFOs, and all of a sudden they come up missing, you know, or something happens to them, yeah. well, everyone's going to say, well, dude, you know, that that just proves it right there that this guy was right. So basically, all they're doing is they're watching the watchers. They're watching the watchers who are watching UFOs just to simply, a few reasons. One, to see how far they get with them, to see if one actually makes contact with them, and two, to find out exactly how much they know. You know, because like I said, whoever's watching these things before us, you know, they have a lot of information, so they're learning off of us, you know, and uh, so I would just overlook the conspiracies of men in black and they're going to come mess with you if you release your UFO information because that's a bunch of crock. Uh, If that was going to happen, it would have happened to me long ago and I'm still doing this business. I'm still up on the mountains. I'm still seeing UFOs. I'm still filming them. I'm still posting them. It's going on for 20 years now. I'm still here. So um, if you see something, don't be afraid to come out and tell people what you saw. Uh, if you see them on a regular basis, always get a camera going, always have some kind of evidence, because, you know, you can talk all day, and, you know, what you saw, but the real proof on what, you, what you've what you seen is the video and the photographs, you know, and the more evidence that, the more proof that we get of the UFOs, the, the better the hoaxes of these spacecrafts and alien abductions and taking cows up and all this other crazy crap, you know, will be hogwashed, you know all these computer generations, and I think that it's hurting us legit sky watchers with all these fake u f o videos that's out there and uh it could it could be a conspiracy uh to confuse the public you know um to uh, you, you can know it's... It's... You can oh yeah it's
1: fake. you cannot okay, so you were talking see I saw that cigar thing too, but I call it. It happened during the Thanksgiving season over here in California, Southern California. And my, uh, my estranged husband, my friends, and their husbands, all the husbands happened to be outside. They were all watching it, right? And they didn't tell us until it was too far away. But I did see a cigar-looking, leathery brown, big, bigger than a blimp. I mean, it was a big, huge mm. cigar-looking thing, but it did have like a, a texture like leathery brown. But it was emanating a sort of uh, radiation or something.
0: You could right. see
1: it with your naked eye that it had some energy coming off it.
0: Energy, it that's it. Slow.
1: Yeah, it was moving mm-hmm. very slow. And I turned around and asked them, why didn't you tell us when it's right over your head? They just mm-hmm. couldn't, see. they were trying to figure out what it was, but I think they were paralyzed out there. And they thought maybe we were, me and my best friend, the ones that have all these sightings and these abductions together because she right now works uh, for aerospace and trained by NASA. She can't say a thing. So when she retires, she's going to start talking with me. So, you know, then you're going to have uh, a witness thing. So, um, but that won't be for a couple of years. But anyway, um, they don't say it because they, even if they're standing with each other, I don't, I think there's a denial mechanism going on. You
0: know right. I mean?
1: mm-hmm. and, and it's uh it's so strong, you know. But the same thing with experiencers. We're supposed to, we are directed by the director, Jan Vaughan Smith. You've got to keep a journal and write it down. So we had an experience. Do we write it down? No. We don't know why we yeah. don't do it either. You know, it's like you right. think you write it down, but no, yeah. we want to forget it. It's just a, mm-hmm. it's just, a, there's so many, um, different aspects to this but that's why as each individual we're recognizing people are in this for different reasons meaning they're chosen for a reason you know and we find out you know over the years what the reason really was and the way the connection happens is is beyond bizarre you know if you really think about that one person and how many things have connected you to them it's very strange coincidences happening
0: right um you know another point that I'd like to raise. Uh, you know how you know everybody like, uh, for instance, the Phoenix Lights. Um, <clears throat> when people see it and they take it to the news, or you know, we, we we still get news reports out here in Phoenix of the lights. We just had one, I think, last week, week before. I'm not sure what it when it was, <clears throat> but um, you know they. Uh, what's going on? And, and then the government comes back. You know, says, "Oh, we were dropping flares." Well, I've seen, I've seen exactly what they're doing. When these mm. real UFO lights pop up, the military comes in and starts dropping flares right around in that area. <laughs> um, so we got flares, plus we got real UFOs out there. And, it's, you know, to the untrained eye, it's hard to make out the difference. And so, if anybody calls and tries to report it, they can legitimately say, "Yes, we were out there on such and such a time and such and such a date, such and such a place, dropping flares." And it's not a lie because they really were, you know. But to the untrained eye, you know, there was—it's a cover-up. It's a conspiracy. There, you know, when the lights come in, they start dropping flares. Hello. Right. And, you know, uh, another point I'd like to uh, to reference. <laughs> you know, uh, before I started really getting into this, during my investigations, we have a, a nuclear power plant. It's called the uh, Palo Verde Power Plant. It's uh, a few miles uh, out, outside of Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, it powers a few states here on the West Coast. And um, so... Uh, in 2004, they uh, the news announced that they were shutting down some of the nuclear power plants, and they were going to turn on the electrical power plants around the valley to keep our lights on. Well, that's the same year when I'm watching these lights hover over the over the electrical power plant on the east side of South Mountain. They're absorbing the energy. That's my opinion. That they're absorbing this energy, and uh, the same year of 2004 the whole grid here in Phoenix went down. And it shut down office buildings, it shut down houses, it shut down uh, uh, business owners and things like that. And they ha- had to call in a whole new grid from California on a 16-wheeler that took about a month to get here. It could only go like maybe oh 10 God. miles an hour. It was so huge. And, you know, so I'm thinking, you know, well, what uh, is the possibilities that because it was the same time you know what's the what's the chances that these ufo lights the phoenix lights actually uh, drew too much power that it shut down the grid and i think the government knows this and i and i have seen photographs of lights over that power plant so what's to say you know that the government knows that these lights are absorbing energy and if they're over the nuclear power plant that it could cause an actual meltdown so they shut it down and they turn on the electrical plant to um, attract these Phoenix lights to the electrical plant, to the electrical, because if anything was to happen, it'll just shut down a grid. It won't blow up half the West Coast. And that's just my theory on it. That's my oh, excuse me. Right, right. And that's another way to find out when UFOs are, are around. If you ever see, you know, these casts that the government is setting down some type of energy spot, uh, then I would start going to other energy spots and just simply watch, watch and see what happens, you know. Now
1: we got to prepare for that. You know, I always keep a ton of candles in case the grid goes down. And uh, I'm f- prepared for the first time in my life if uh, you're stuck somewhere for over a week and nobody can help you. After Katrina, I swear, I said, that's it. You know what I mean? I'm not depending on the government to come save me. Eventually they'll get here, but I'm going to have, I have everything for a week now. And, right. Uh, you now everybody just be, you know, to me, I, my higher power is the biggest power, but I still don't want to stay here miserable for a week waiting for them to come get me. You know what I mean? So right. right. I could, I could, I could make it work. Not that I want to, but I have to. So we all have to keep the candles and the basics and, uh, Just in case anything should happen, it could be a natural phenomenon. All these storms in California, we're seeing water we've never seen before. You know, this place is green. It's weird. It's green over Mm
0: -hmm.
1: here. uh, It's brought out a lot of uh, different things. We've seen waterfalls we never saw before. But uh, anyway, we appreciate the rain, but it's caused a lot of destruction, and we're going to have more rain this weekend. But, uh, you know,
0: I'm so
1: I'm so happy uh, that you came on the show tonight, and I know it's a little bit later there uh, in Arizona where you are, and it's probably a beautiful cold night over there, if I remember Arizona evenings.
0: Yeah, it's getting kind of chilly out here. Um, I
1: know, you is,
0: know. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, here's another uh, another uh, fairy. You have, do you have any time to, to, to still talk? I
1: do. Have a, I do have a little more time. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh, here's another fairy that, uh, I've been working on. Um, you know this, uh, we read in the Bible 1st Thessalonians, uh, this is what the, uh, the Catholic priests and the preachers talk about, uh, when they reference the rapture. And uh, when we read this, it says that we will be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord, to be judged. Well, that's kind of, when you look at what happened to the Holocom, which means the people who are gone, the people who are missing uh it seems like that's, in a way that's what happened to the holocom that they were raptured up into the air because there's so many petroglyphs out there uh not only were they taken up into the sky and never and some of the people that these lights and UFOs took away uh would not come back some of them would come back there's a lot of petroglyphs out here where they're actually playing the entities in mankind are playing with each other up in the sky. It's like a type of game or whatnot. And uh, so when we look at the uh, uh, the petroglyphs, and then, you know, we find out the true myth here on how the Indians say, well, the devil came from the east and took took the people away. What if that was a type of rapture? You know, and I could just see, you know, all of a sudden... Thousands and thousands of lights and thousands of orbs up into the sky and coming down and run, and people running and these things capturing these people and taking them up into the sky. <laughs> so that yeah, was something so, else I was kind of thinking about.
1: Well, I just you reminded me of uh, of something that there are people have believed we've forgotten much more than we remember, and that we did we're able to fly. A long time ago, you know, and then we forgot it all, and there was some destructive stuff happened, and then we started all over again, so I think there's many starting over, and that throughout the Bible people were taken up, you know some people saw them even taken, and uh it's um you know we just have to just uh who knows we don't know
0: right it happened yeah you know, it happened. good theories there just. Oh, yeah, thanks. I, yeah, it's just, you know, just something to look at, you know. And uh, even, uh, what is it, the spleen that we have in our bodies? I mean, there's there's organs in our bodies to this day that the scientists have no idea what it's there for. There's, you know, there's no point on this organ being in our bodies, but yet it's there. There's got to be a reason for it. You know, what's the reason for it? You know, so a lot of unanswered questions.
1: Yeah, um, well, you know, uh, there has been, you know, people that are in the UFO world, and that they have said that, why do you think that when people describe aliens, they look like animals and insects and stuff like that? They think they're mixing our DNA. And that actually oh, yeah. Really, yeah, they, they say that actually everything really comes from here. I'm like, what the heck? I don't even know what to think about that. So... You know, I can only just provide a platform that people can tell their truth, and uh, you just has some very interesting theories. And this one comes from intense research, I can tell. You know, lots of information.
0: You,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, well, information because you're you're focused and you're doing it. You know, and uh, I have to commend yeah. you on that. And just going, don't give up because you're just. I really
0: appreciate
1: for- that. But you need to I get really that book out. That. I'm worried a little bit about you giving it away, but, you know, I
0: think mm-hmm.
1: that, you, I just, just ask people do not duplicate this or something like that.
0: Just Oh, it's distribute. all been copyrighted. So every, everything, all the photographs, all the stories, all been copyrighted. I just need to get it out there now in a hardback book, you know. So
1: yeah. You can do self-publishing, of course. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. A lot I, of people I, are going through Amazon.
0: Yeah, that I've looked at that also, and and uh, and then there's other places, they want a couple thousand dollars, and well, I just don't have that kind of money, and no. oh. so, but I'm working on it, I'll figure out something on what to do with it, so, but for now, you know, it's, it's done, I've been doing it for a long time, there's tons of information in it, and I believe everything happens for a reason. So whenever it's ready to be published, whenever it's ready for all the eyes to see, then that's when it's time to be ready. That's when it's time to be seen. So that's
1: amazing. Well, thank you for being on the show tonight. And uh, you've been an awesome guest with a lot of information, and we'd like to have you again in the future. And I wish you well, and I hope somebody helps you with your book. And um, when I retire, if you're still having it around, maybe I'll help you with your book. I, That's I awesome. A, I have a full-time job now, so I my brains are, I can't do it, but I could do it when I retire. So that might be happening. So anyway, That's so I wish you all the best and uh, you take care and uh, God bless you and keep up the good work.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And uh, remember, really keep awesome. your eyes on the skies because you never know what you might see.
1: Awesome. You take care now. Good night. God bless you.
0: You too. Bye bye.
1: Okay. Bye. Okay. So, you know, this young man, Jeff Woolwine, you can find him on Facebook and uh, at Petroglyphs in the Sky. I'm going to spell that P E T R O G L Y T H S I N T H E S K Y dot com. So, Petroglyphs in the Sky, you'll find the same name on Facebook. Jeff Woolwine, and Jeff continues to capture some unique videos of UFOs near South Mountain, Arizona, and is investigating the apparent connection between UFOs he sees and the ancient petroglyphs that cover the rocks in the South Mountain. So be sure to get a hold of Jeff when you can, and thank you for listening tonight. And um, God bless you all, and hang in there. And just remember, the paranormal sacred, is where the unheard may be heard. And call me up and let me know if you want me to tell your story on here. And uh, we're going to have somebody in the future, Jackie Barrett, next month. Oh, she's she's amazing. So we're going to have her on next month. And please call me if you uh, want to leave it, contact me and leave a message. You'd like to be part of our show or for general help and assistance. I want to thank our guest and um, everybody that was listening. The show is archived, so you may listen to it again. And remember to tell your friends. The Paranormal is Sacred is a place where the unheard may be heard. And please recommend us. And God bless everybody again. And may your best dreams come true and true love live in your heart. And love you very much and take care. God bless. Bye bye.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.